the blast from our past network. How many fingers do I have up? That's not very damn funny. Your sense of humor's returned. Uh, hell it has. What's that? Lexerin. Lexerin? What for? You're suffering from a Vulcan mind meld, Doctor. That green-blooded son of a bitch. It's his revenge for all those arguments he lost. Talking Back. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me is co host Dean. Permission to come aboard the podcast, Tim. Permission granted. Thank you, sir. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. That's what we're doing. What a film. That's what we're doing. And hello, listeners. Let's just get Tim, all, am I, am all I the a... formalities out of the way early. Yes, right. Just get it out <laughs> off the table. Is, get it out. Anything else we need to get to? Anything else we need to get out Is of there, the way? Any other housekeeping? Should we get what if out of the way and just talk so we can talk about this movie? Yeah. Yeah, let's let's do what if, and then movie trivia, and then just sign off, <laughs> and then we'll just then we'll get into it. No, oh, then, then we'll get, get into, into it. it. Oh, okay. Yeah, we just got to get the housekeeping out of the way. Yeah, I think I think it's done. What did you think yeah. of um, Star Trek Three: The Search for for Spock? This is your first time seeing it. I think this is my first time seeing it. Oh, okay. Um, from we 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 kind of hop on, uh, hop on this call and start recording right away, and so we haven't really shared our opinions. But from your uh feelings i feel like you didn't like it very much i was feeling that coming across the table don't try to read me dean don't try to read me. um i feel just fine about it i like it i feel just fine about it i like it i like it a lot i think it is a like number one is like that thinking sci-fi slow moving movie number two is kind of fast-paced thriller this is just kind of fun sci-fi adventure Mm mm-hmm it's a totally different feel for me, and I enjoyed it. I actually didn't think I was going to enjoy it too much. Um, I enjoyed it. There are It's not like my favorite movie or anything. It's definitely number three when we're racking up those three I just talked about. It's at the bottom. But I really enjoyed it, and I'm, I'm a truckie, Tim. Uh, good. That's great. Not yet. That's great. Well, I was going to say we'll see about that, but that's not for me okay. to decide, Dean. It's for you to decide if you're a Trekkie or not. I'm a Trekkie. If you identify as a Trekkie, then you are a Trekkie. It's not, you don't have to come before some council and uh, like show your knowledge or, or plea your case or anything like that. So good. Welcome. Welcome to the team. Thank you. I think the movie's just fine. It's a fun movie. I mean, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of problems with it. Um, it's definitely not to the caliber of one or two. I think this is more where the series goes now is one and two were kind of anomalies in this long franchise. And these are the types of movies that we continue to get now. Uh, just like yeah, these okay. kind of fun campy movies that if you're not a Star Trek fan, you're just going to consider them as complete garbage. But if you're a Star Trek fan, they're fun movies to watch. They're good like Saturday afternoon movies. So that's where the series of the is like transitioning here this is the transitioning period in the franchise so 
Okay, that that makes sense. I mean, if we're going to continue down this path, then I'm I'm all for it because I had fun with this movie. I like the fun adventure sci-fi movie. I mean, Tim, you and I, we just love sci-fi movies. So whatever it whatever it's going to fit into, I feel like we're going to have fun with it. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. So this one yeah. released in 1984 with a budget of 16 million dollars. It grosses 87 million dollars. So boom, money doubled. There it is. They did it. Awesome. These these movies they make, make money. money. Now, um, there is a trend, a downward trend in profits, though, because number one made $95 million, number two made $85 million, and this one makes $71 million. So they are, mm. they are trending in the wrong direction, but still, $71 million is $71 million. Yeah, people didn't want to come out and, and find out what happened to Spock? I don't know. I don't know. That, that's a good point. How do you not want to come out and find out what happened? I guess. How do you not want to come out after that ending of two and come out to a movie called Search for Spock? Yeah, I'm there. I bought my ticket. I'm there. Yeah, it sounds like $14 million worth of ticket sales from uh, patrons uh, were of patrons who, who died before this movie came out, I guess. Mm, yes. Well, that what is that year gap? Do you say this uh, one was 84? This is 84. What is Con? Okay. Con is uh, just a maybe 82, I think. Con? Yeah. Okay. So not. Yeah. It's not a huge year gap, but um, still fourteen million dollars worth of ticket sales of people must have died in between that time. There's not a very big gap because of the outrage uh, that happened <laughs> right. at two. They immediately started making three. But I'll, yeah. I'll get into that you know, in, in okay. down the line a little bit. This movie is actually directed by Spock, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Nimoy by the character by the character is the director (laughs) now the director of Wrath of Khan Nicholas um, Mayer he was mad that the ending of the movie was ending of of Wrath of Khan was changed on him without his consent so Mm. he said I will not come back for three sir and madam makes sense yeah yeah it does yeah I don't I don't blame him it yeah, was you change you change my shit. I'm out of here. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it was written by Harvey Bennett, who wrote Wrath of Khan, so he's back. Cool. Uh, composer James Horner. He was the composer on Wrath of Khan. He is back. Yep. Now cinematography. I wanted to check check this out. So before watching the movie, now I said I don't think I I, I didn't think I've seen it before. I have not sat through this movie like start to finish. This was my first time. I did notice like scenes in this movie that i recognized like this has definitely been on tv when i've been flipping through channels and i'll just land on it and i'll be like oh cool star trek i'll watch for a little bit and flip off this is the first time i've actually sat down start to finish to watch it so so getting into it i wanted to know who the cinematographer was to to know what i might be in store for and it was um a charles Correll. and after search for spock he does cinematography for revenge of the nerds 2 nerds in paradise which is a pretty okay. fun movie, by the way. Actually, okay. I like that one. Had that one on. Had that one on VHS and uh, nice. wore that one out. Nice. But then, then he goes on to direct uh, TV stuff. He does MacGyver. He does Beverly Hills 90210. He does Melrose, Play, Melrose Place and some TV crime dramas. So, I'm immediately worried reading this that this isn't the right guy for like a big budget sci-fi motion picture. And after right. watching the movie, I think my concerns were warranted. Because other than the big like effects scenes in this movie, it had a very TV feel to it. Like there, there's not very interesting camera shots. The camera's just put in front of the actors for the most part, kind of like you would do on TV. So 
that's just one one thing that I noticed. Now, yeah, our- I, I agree. I I think it felt like a TV episode. That's what I was really thinking while I was watching it, which made me feel comfortable. Like maybe that's why I enjoyed it so much because I kind of just got into it and relaxed and watched it, but totally, uh, very much like a TV show. The regular cast has returned, except Kirsty Alley isn't back to reprise her role as Savick, but the character of Savick is back. But I miss Kirsty Alley. I like her. Yes. Tim kind of kind of missed Kirstie Alley in this movie. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I will admit told it. You. I I was I was missing her. I told you she did a good, did a good job. She did do a good job. I was wrong. Oh, I judged you, her too for, soon. Thank you for sharing that with all of us. I judged her too soon. This movie would have popped so much more if I recognized the character that was doing the things that Savick was doing. If I had mm-hmm. some sort of feeling like I knew who that was. Definitely. Now, we had mentioned a little bit earlier and in the in the Wrath of Khan episode, the outrage that poured out when the ending of Wrath of Khan was leaked early and people heard of Spock's death. And Leonard Nimoy, I mentioned this in that episode, Leonard Nimoy was receiving death threats, which I still think is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, is that yeah. you're outraged because this character dies in the movie, so you want the real actor to to die. I I don't get it. You want to kill him in real life because his character on screen died. Guess what? No more character. No more Spock then. Yeah, no more Spock ever. No option for ever. ever. So ever. when JJ Abrams remakes <laughs> remakes the movie later on, many, many years in the future, he won't be in that because you killed him. Idiots. Uh so yeah, so before Wrath of Khan was even released, the studio promised to do a third movie. Uh, I th- I think um, like obviously to appease the fans, right? Like they're outraged, but right. I yeah. think the I think this whole subtext of the fans driving this decision is a problem for me in this movie as well. Because hmm. I think story wise, I think the uh, the people making it have their hands tied with what they can do because of like the fear of more lashing out from the fans. So it's almost at the point where they have to now please the fans, and they there's only certain things that they can do. Um, so I feel like they're sort of forced into this do right by Spock narrative in this movie. And I think it could have been better if they didn't have to follow that route. So screw yeah. you fans, you outraged fans. Yeah. This, this movie fans, could have been better without you. Not fans of this podcast. Fans of. Oh yeah. Death oh. threat fans. No, no. Oh, of course the listeners know I love them. Yes. I never, I never speak yes. ill of our listeners, but yeah, those, those fans who are outraged and sending death threats to Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. I think they changed how this story was going to be written. And I think that I, Tim, I think that actually lends to the TV feel of the movie because there, I feel there's no stakes. Um, maybe for that reason where like you're saying, if, it's been driven by just pleasing the fans with this movie. So I feel like there's no stakes. No one's going to get in like big trouble in this movie, even though I feel like there is some things that um, are a little bit stepped out of what I thought was going to happen. That's the comfortable feel I have. Like I'm watching TV. Like I just sat down and I'm watching the weekly Star Trek show and I'm like, well, my, my crew is going to be fine this week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. It was too comfortable. And then the scenes that are supposed to hit don't hit because I'm too comfortable because I'm never like, I'm never considering That's a good point. anything like bad. I'm never considering that they're not going to like save Spock in this movie, right? That's, That's not actually a good an point. option. So. Yeah. And they don't like sort of deal with it in the in the um, 
dramatic way where I feel it. I'm just like, oh, wow, that happened. Okay. I didn't think it would, but it's yeah. like, you're, you're right. It like totally misses whenever they're trying something because I'm comfortable. Right. And, and because of bad acting as well. Lots of the stuff doesn't pop because of bad acting. Uh, I, I guess, I guess. You There's guess? Some good actors in this movie. You guess? good actors in this movie. Shatner's killing yeah, it in this we'll get movie. get there. Oh, you think so? Okay. Shatner is killing. He is Shatner killing. is a he movie is killing. star. No, he is. He is. We'll get to the we'll get to the yeah. stuff I didn't like about him. But I like this movie. Okay. I think it's fun. I'll watch this yeah. movie again. I I think that this could be someone's favorite movie. I think it's oh, like yeah. it's good enough uh, that someone out there this is their favorite movie. So yeah, uh, I, I was I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to chatting about it. So let's get into it. It's a great opening to the movie. It's a recap of the ending of Wrath of Khan, but they've got so this good. cool blue filter over everything. I really liked it. And yeah. the the blue fades out and it goes back into like full normal color is really neat. I definitely think they were trying to get us like emotionally connected again to what happened in, yeah. in Wrath of Khan. Just to try to like. It worked. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I was already like, yeah. I was already connected with that moment. It's just like one of the biggest movie moments, moments for me. So I didn't need that at the beginning, but I think it does work to help people. Yeah. Get. Uh, just to remind you, get you get, in the get mood. The, get the feels again. Yeah. Yeah. So the big question for me you know, going into this kind of for the first time was how will they bring Spock back and will mm-hmm. it make sense or will it just suck? So that was, mm-hmm. that was my question right here. Now the enterprise is on its way back to earth. And I really like that the enterprise is still damaged from the battle of the last movie. They say Definitely. it's going to be like several weeks still before the ship is a hundred percent. You can see phaser burns on the outside. They're really yeah. neat. We quickly meet the Klingons. And those Klingons are always up to no good, aren't they? Just always hey, scheming something. They're scheming. They're up to no good. They have badass ships, man. That oh, ship Oh, yeah, the is, birds of prey? With the, oh. the birds of prey. With the cloaking device, and then it comes on screen. Oh, man, that's a good moment for this movie. That green ship is so good. Then you cut inside the ship, and you see all these Klingons. Mm-hmm. This is a popping scene. I'm liking it. Now, these Klingons have purchased information about the Genesis machine, and mm-hmm. the, the Klingons are led by Captain Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. What did you Captain think of that? Doc Brown. Captain I was Doc. so pumped, man. Tim, I did not know this. I didn't know he's in this movie. I yeah. just throw this, I throw this Blu-ray on, and boom, Doc Brown sitting in a chair. He's a Klingon. He's got Einstein beside him, little monster dog. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He does <laughs> have awesome. a monster Einstein. Awesome, man. I loved it. I will say I had a hard time buying him as a Klingon uh, in this movie, but he yeah. slowly grew on me. The, like as the movie went on and on, he grew on me in the believability to the point where, like at the end, I was like, "Yeah, like I, I totally get this." Okay, I've just seen him in the other stuff, and I can't, I still can't fully buy him. I would have preferred at this moment in time to see somebody else doing that, but yeah. he did a great, he did a great job. But I just, yeah, after for, seeing Doc Brown, I can't like, I can't buy this. Yeah. For me, I've like, I, I haven't really seen Klingons. I don't know a lot about them. So when I see uh, Christopher Lloyd as a Klingon, I'm like, great. I love Klingons. He does a fine He's, job. He does. a. I think he does a great job of being this, this villain. Now we learn all we need to know about how important this Genesis information is to him when he blows up the ship that he purchases it from. With his lady friend on board. What the heck? What the heck? Apparently she watched the footage and that was not allowed. So yeah. uh, Krug, that's Christopher Lloyd's character's name, Krug, 
has to blow her up. It's like his girlfriend. It's his girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like, a bit harsh, but no hesitation. He just blew up his girlfriend because she watched the footage. She watched the tape. That's there should the be resolve. a warning on that thing or something. That's the resolve of the Klingons. Oh my goodness! Now Krug has decided to go to the Genesis planet and seize the weapon for himself. Yeah, he wants this thing. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want this thing? I I don't really need it. No, do you have a garden? Anybody who has uh, a garden wants the Genesis right. machine. They want the Genesis machine. <laughs> I guess that's really true, Tim. It can make a lush planet. Yeah. So the Enterprise arrives at the Earth space station, and oh my goodness, did this look good. The models yeah. and the 3D effects in this scene are insane. They're just great. Yeah. And this movie looks great in HD. Uh, we're inside the space station looking out as the Enterprise is pulling up to dock, mm, but it's yeah. right outside the window and it just looks massive. It's so huge. Um, really, really liked it. Very, very cool scene. And in that scene... Yeah, a really, a really good job with their perspectives and um, and yeah, I did the, like that slow approach. Like we got back to the slow approach into the... Uh, into the space station, which I love. I mean, it wasn't as slow as one, but it was still. It lets you sit back and look at all those, those uh, that that visual, um, those models that they're 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 giving you. It just yeah, perfect. Yeah, it was cool. Like there's people inside watching, yeah. just like we're watching. Yes. Like we're kind of we're part of the group, or we're like behind people and we're looking over their shoulder to see what they see. Yeah, very cool. One of the people in that scene was Grace Lee Whitney, who played Janice Rand in the original Star Trek uh, show. Uh, just I loved seeing her. It's just this small cameo you nice. wouldn't notice unless you've watched the old series, but she was a big part in that. And man, was she a looker back in that original series. My goodness. Oh, nice. Oh nice. yeah. Kirk was just always trying to get it on with her. But it, it was nice. <laughs> awesome. It was nice to see her. It was, it was a nice little yeah. throw in there. That's what I sort of haven't got from Kirk in these movies. I haven't got horny Kirk. I, I feel like I've heard that he's horny and I haven't got it at all. No, they don't really have it in the movies. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of like a fun, a fun aspect of his character that they just did away with. But yeah, <laughs> at the same time, yeah, I don't think there's always consent, which is the problem. no, Tim. I would, I would think it is probably a bad quality for him to have. But yeah. I want to feel like a Trekkie. I want to feel like I know Kirk, and if he's not being horny, do I really know him? Just go back and watch the original series, then. I, I, I will, I will. So, Chekhov is detecting life signs in Spock's quarters. That's weird. Oh, Kirk goes, and we hear Spock asking for help. We see a figure in the shadows, but it turns out to be Dr. McCoy, who seems to be channeling Spock here. Yeah. And McCoy tells him that he needs to climb the steps of Mount Soleil on Vulcan. Hmm. He sounds a lot like Spock. It was Spock's Especially voice. Especially like... The, the first time okay. Spock was okay. talking, the first time the shadowy figure was talking, it was Spock's voice. Okay. Because I was like, man, he's just crushing. He's crushing mm, yeah, this yeah. Nimoy right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's perfect. Great impersonation. Okay. Yeah. The commander of Starfleet lets the crew know they won't be fixing the Enterprise. And they're not to speak about the Genesis Project because the planet is considered as under quarantine. Right. So... 
yeah, that was interesting that they're not going to fix the ship. I guess they got they got the newest model is is available and ready to go. So we don't yeah. need the Enterprise anymore. It was really it, it was an interesting aspect um, to the beginning of the movie because last movie we were really focusing on um, Kirk getting old and having feeling like it, it's a young man's game and he's out of the game. And I felt like that was a big theme of the movie, him going against this other villain that he you know, had been sparring with early on when he was younger and now he's an older guy, but he still wants to go against him. So it's interesting that they get there, they get back to the space station and it's like, yeah, your ship's old too. You're all old and your ship's old. It's time for new, new blood in here and a new ship. Mm-hmm. So a Starfleet science vessel arrives at the Genesis planet with Kirk's son, David, on board. And they run some scans and they find Spock's photon tube. Now, they weren't looking for mm. it. They didn't know it was there, but they found it and they're surprised. Yeah. Now, Sarek, Spock's father, pays Kirk a visit. And Sarek says, Kirk screwed up. Mm. Only Spock's body was dead, but his Katra, his living spirit, is alive. Whoops. Whoops, Kirk didn't know about this, to be fair. Whoops. No, he did not know about this. Nobody (laughs) knew about this. And I like like that he's... I like that... uh, What's this? Savik? Sarek. Sarek? Sarek is is like, hey, you you left it. You left his spirit there. Kirk's like, I didn't know. And he's like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You knew. (laughs) No, I didn't. I didn't know. And he's like, well, he wouldn't have told you. You just know. Mm. It was just this strange conversation Weird. about, I don't know. And it's like, well, it's in your brain somewhere. You wouldn't know you know, but you know. <laughs> yeah. As full of logic as they are, sometimes it's hard to have <laughs> yeah. a logical conversation with a Vulcan. That conversation was wild. Yeah. Sarek thinks Spock transferred his Katra into someone else's body before he died. So they yeah. go back and they check out the tapes of his death. And they see that he did, in fact, mind meld with McCoy. We saw that. We saw it. Yeah, they showed us. Yeah. Sarek says Kirk must bring both McCoy and Spock to Mount Soleil so they can both be at peace. Yeah. Wow. But but where's that body, Tim? Uh, well, it's in the photon tube. Exactly. They shot it out. They shot it out. It's on the Genesis so planet. So we know what this movie is going to be now. You got to go get the yeah. body. You got to bring it to Vulcan and with... um. Uh, with uh, DeForest Kelly there with uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Spock in his brain. Yeah, and you've got the Klingons heading to the same planet, looking to steal the device. Yeah. They've set everything up I mean, early. it's all set up. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's all It's very set up. straightforward. Yeah, there's no real surprises. Yeah, but I like, I like, now that we have it all set up, I like where we go next. To the bar. Is that what you mean? Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's fun. It's fun because uh, what you have is you've got the McCoy... And the Spock characters melded into one, which is pretty fun because you get McCoy saying yeah. things like, uh, this, is, this isn't this is logical. Uh, he's trying to do the Vulcan death grip on people and nothing's happening. Uh, and he's got the full range of emotions of McCoy, but it, the Spock yes. is also in there as well. So, so uh, Tim, I loved the Vulcan death grip moment because I'm learning things as I'm watching these movies. So I didn't really know that it's just something that they can do because of their body and who they are like i just figured if it was a pressure point that you knew you could do it and so that would be mccoy would know how to do it if he's got spock in his brain so just reaching over and doing it it would should work so when it didn't work i was like oh okay you have to you have to be a vulcan to be able to do it 
Yeah, I'm actually not even sure specifically what it is. I don't know if it's that the Vulcans are powerful enough to like squeeze the nerves at a certain yeah. point or if they're like, right. I, I don't know if it's that or like, it's something to do with like, cause when they mind meld, they use their fingers and they can like do something to you. I don't know if it's something like that, Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah it, just knowing that it, that he can't do it. It was right. just, it, that was a neat moment for me. I, I liked it a lot. Now you're not, a, you're not a big uh, Trek fan where you're, 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 you are now, but you weren't when you were younger. But I was going to say like anybody who is a Star Trek fan growing up has tried this on their friend, has tried the Vulcan oh, yeah. death grip. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I've, I've, tri- I feel I've, like I've tried. I feel like you <laughs> have done it to me. I may have tried it on <laughs> you, you actually. Multiple yeah. times. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I probably did. <laughs> uh, and then I tried it on my friends. After you're that. probably, you're probably acting up and I was just like, Hey Dean, let me try something on you for a second here. Let me try it. <laughs> ah, darn it. It doesn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. So, yeah, um, McCoy gets arrested at this bar. Um, So Kirk and Sulu have to bust him out. And Kirk, McCoy, Sulu, and Chekhov and Scotty steal the Enterprise. And they slowly back out of Space Dock. Slowly. This whole whole part. Very slowly. (laughs) Did that remind you of anything? (laughs) The slow slow backup? The slow backup, yeah. Uh, No, what? Uh, Jaws the shark in Jaws 3D <laughs> backing up out of that uh, filtration vent. Right. <laughs> wow. They're both, they both moving at the same speed. Backing out of that pipe? Oh, yeah. boy. The filtration system. Stuck in the filtration system. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the Enterprise was stuck in some sort of filtration system in here. This whole part, Tim, that you described in two sentences ruled. Yeah. Did you want to explain it in more sentences? Yeah, I did. Going from okay, go bar, ahead. like this bar is awesome. I like so. I, I just have to keep bringing up that this is all I've seen uh, of Star Trek, and the first two movies didn't really dive into any of this. They had so much story going on and so much visuals going on that I wasn't able to have this kind of fun. Um, so you go to this bar with all these like cool aliens in it, like they're playing video games, like futuristic video games, and they're having these futuristic drinks. I just I had a great time in the bar, and then. Uh, Kirk is told that he is not allowed to take a ship to go back to Genesis. He's not allowed to go back there. So they got to steal a ship. So they do like there's some sort of like heisting a ship going on. I mean, I think they're kind of heisting McCoy so that they can bring him because he he got arrested, like you said. So they have to go in, trick, trick, you know, the guards, get him out, get into a ship. And then they are pulling away and they're barely moving. <laughs> <laughs> the doors are right in front of them. We can see the doors and it's like estimated time till we're at the doors. One minute. <laughs> one minute? You're making a getaway. The doors are right in front of you. They're going to catch you in one minute. There's another really slow burn, <laughs> a slow burn moment. Like the it's same funny. way that they slow burned this ship coming in, they slow burned it going out. But I mean, I get I it. Like you got, it. you guess they had to back up and turn around. Like I, I, I get it. Yeah. It just looks funny. Right. It just it's like how it's, come nobody can stop them? They're barely moving and they're going backwards. Like somebody just put a tractor beam on them. Yeah, I feel like they know it's funny. Like I I feel like that scene's supposed to be funny. Just like they're just staring at the doors while they're slowly going towards them and the doors aren't opening and they're mm-hmm. just like, "Oh, okay, when are these doors going to open? We got to have these doors open." And they're just going so slow approaching those doors. Yeah. It was so much fun. I loved it. This is where I'm feeling like, "Oh, this is kind of like a fun adventure movie. Like I'm, I'm on board with this. I like this. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, it's, it's got a, it's, I, I would uh, like say that it is kind of like Jaws 3d just, and it's like that Saturday yeah. afternoon fun movie. You can just throw on 
like tune out and yeah. enjoy. It's got uh, yeah, lots of fun that's stuff. That's a good. In it. That's a good comparison. Yeah. Now, David and Savick on the science vessel head down to the Genesis planet, and they find a young Vulcan boy, roughly ten years old, and they think it's Spock. Krug shows up and destroys the science vessel, stranding David and Savick on the planet. Uh, yes. So, two things. One, I didn't expect this to happen. <laughs> did you expect this to happen, Tim? I did a not child expect Spock? to find a 10-year-old Spock, no. No, I thought we were just going to go down, get his body. He'll be alive because he was shot on Genesis and that'll somehow... But he actually gets like reborn he's a child he's a young kid and i did not see this coming i thought it's it's kind of interesting but also it threw me i did i did not expect that this is what was going to go with this where this movie was going to go i had a hard time figuring out what was going on i was just like why is he a kid and i guess i guess all i can come up with was that his body spock's body was in that tube Mm-hmm. And I guess it was like decomposing. And when it hits the Genesis planet, the Genesis planet just brings it back to life. And I guess in some way started it over as a baby or something yeah. like that, perhaps. And now it's 10 years old because of uh, because of something that David did. Yes. David, David, David made, a little bit of a, made a little bit of a, a, a problematic uh, choice. Um, Savick actually starts questioning him about the Genesis planet. And she says that it isn't what he expected, is it? And he tells us he used proto-matter to get the Genesis machine working. And Savick says, proto-matter is an unstable substance, which every ethical scientist in the galaxy has denounced as dangerously unpredictable. Sounds bad. That sounds bad. It sounds like she's just burning him there. Just like, oh, totally. You, you yeah. use protomatter? <laughs> Do you know what the scientists say about it? You're an idiot. Yeah, you're an idiot. Um, yeah, he says he did what he needed to do to make it work. And she says, just like your father would. Mm. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree with David, it, it appears. I know that's supposed to be a dig, but Kirk rules. Yeah. But, but you In know these what? movies, Kirk just rules. You know what? You know what it is, is Dean? It just looks like David made a bad call. He totally, made a bad man. call. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. It just, it was just, it, we all do it. He made a bad call. That's it. Yeah. He used That's proton it. matter, whatever Proto matter. that stuff was. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad call. Yeah. So the planet, what's happening here, the reason why Spock is 10, is the planet and Spock are now aging real quickly in surges. And everything on the planet is progressing way too fast because of mm. this protomatter. Right. Now, I actually really liked that idea in the movie, and I did not see that coming. Because mm. this whole Genesis device from Rathacon seemed like this perfect thing that was working great. So for it to actually not work, I think, is really fantastic. Because it yeah. allows them to do what they want to do with the plot. And it also makes like the Klingons... I guess I guess the Klingons it, it still would be a good weapon for them. Um, they're they're looking to use it right. as a destructive weapon. So the this probably is actually better for them. It's probably a more powerful weapon than they even right. thought now. But I, I I liked it. I liked that idea. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, and I kind of like how Spock's 
dealing with the same thing the planet is. I didn't really get it or like it at first, um, just because I didn't really understand what was going on. Why would he be connected to the planet? But now that we're talking about it, and it's like his cells maybe were regenerated, and that's why he was a kid, and he's going through the same stages that the planet's going through, it, it, it completely makes sense to me. And uh, so I like that. I like that he's sort of tied to the planet. Um, I don't think he's tied yeah. to the planet. I mean, I can ex- I can explain what's going on here as as a non okay. as a non like Star Trek fan. This this wouldn't make sense to you this scene. So what is actually go- they make like make reference of it? So we know mm-hmm. like like Star Trek nerds know, but someone new wouldn't actually catch what's going on. So it's the fact that he is going through something called the Pond Far, which is what adult um, male Vulcans start to go through every seven years, like once they reach like adult maturity. And it's this chemical imbalance in their brains that basically causes madness and death. Oh. Every seven years, unless they get it on with a female. That's the only way to rid this from happening. So he was actually like going mad and was going to die. Um that's why he was screaming like I th- I think there was like part of it was how fast his body was maturing was painful okay. for him, but the yeah. part where he needs Savick's help, that is yeah. that's all sexual. Like they, really, they they got it on. They got it on here. What? It's, it's okay. PG, so they didn't show like, us. But the, that whole like no. rubbing of the hands, it didn't yes. end. It didn't end there. Oh my goodness. Okay, because I thought this was weird. I was like, okay, she understands what he's going through. He's going through this pain for some reason. I, I remember her saying that, that he was going through that stage. I just didn't know what that meant. I thought every Vulcan is just in pain for some reason. Um, and so when they were touching hands and rubbing each other's hands, I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah, <laughs> this this really seems weird. weird. And then yeah. they cut away and they cut back and they're all good. So, yeah. oh man, we missed we missed it. They got it on. They got it on. They had the sex. They had, wow, he was. That's why he was he screaming was and like, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, that was his first time. That's his first, like yeah, his yeah. first occurrence of the pond far. And then every seven years after that, that's going to happen. And they have to mate to kind of like fix that uh, chemical imbalance. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who would watch this movie and not know what the pond far is must just be scratching their head at that moment in the film. I had no clue what that was. This is hilarious. Yeah. I can't believe they got it on. I can't believe it. Spock's, his screams and shrieks were deafening in this movie. They were, I was yeah. very, yeah. very uncomfortable any time that he was screaming. Yes. It's interesting. I looked it up and the screams were actually done by legendary voice actor Frank Welker, who voiced Garfield in the cartoons. He was Dr. Claw on Inspector Gadget. He worked on Scooby-Doo. He was multiple voices on the Transformers. He was on The Simpsons on Futurama. He did the Akak Martians in Mars Attacks, among nice. many, many other things. So nice. I thought that, that was a cool little tidbit. Why not get the best? Why not get the best to do the screams? To right? do the screams, yeah. It seems Great. like I don't why would you do that though? Like why just have anybody screaming? They sounded I, terrible. This those if they were looking for like the most annoying screams and shrieks in the world, I guess they they nailed it. They were annoying and and painful. Like, they really were. I felt the pain. So it it worked if that's what they were going for. Yeah. So Krug finds David, Savick, and Spock and wants to know where the photon tube is. But Kirk comes into range to interrupt. Krug gets back to his ship in cloaks. 
Kirk waits until they decloak to fire, and as soon as the Klingons do decloak, Kirk lands a blast on them. But this is funny because Enterprise isn't battle ready yet. Uh, it's right. still this beat down kind of, you know, half ship from the last movie. So when the Klingons fire back, Enterprise is completely disabled from the one blast. Yeah. And it's funny, though, because like both ships now are disabled and are sitting ducks and neither have the, the power to fire. Uh, yeah. and, and they have this fun back and forth engagement with each other. Like Kirk radi- radios over asking them to surrender like thinking that they might be disabled, knowing full well that yeah. the Enterprise is also disabled. And Krug senses something is, is up, and he counters with an offer for Kirk to surrender. And uh, Krug has the upper hand here because he has Savick, David, and Spock like apprehended on the planet. Yeah. And Krug wants to show his resolve here and orders that one of those three get killed. Yes, and I think... I think at this moment, I'd like to set up Krug just a bit because we haven't really talked about him too much. And two things that he did up until this point um, that really uh, it it let me know he means business in this moment. Um, One was when they first arrived at Genesis and they blew up that ship. Um, The guy who shot that ship just blew it up in one shot. And Krug goes to his Klingon, his Klingon guy that's shooting. And he says, I wanted, I wanted survivors. I wanted to question them. And the guy turns around and says, a lucky shot, I guess. And he shoots him. He shoots his own guy because he blew up the ship and he didn't take survivors. So this guy's taken out his rage. Like, I think that, I think that guy he shot was John Larroquette playing a Klingon. No way. (laughs) Yeah. I never recognized him, but he's he's credited. He's credited as a Klingon. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, so he's just going to shoot that guy for not doing exactly what he wanted. And then the other thing, the other thing that really struck me is when he first goes to Genesis, there's these giant worms that are by, um, that was such a great scene, dude. It's such a great scene. There's these giant worms and Krug just goes up and chokes one and it is like, it's a worm. So it wraps its tail around his neck and they're just in a choke off. And he won't like, he didn't need to do this, but he just keeps squeezing and the worm keeps squeezing and he wins. He strangles the worm before it strangles him. He just throws it down and they carry on their business. It's like he had to show those worms who's boss. Like he just picked yeah. up one of them and choked it to death and then left. Like there was no reason th- to do that. I don't even think the affect on his face changed at all. He was no, just like, no, he was this just normal, in the zone. Yeah. Just like, okay, this thing's trying to choke me. That's fine. I will just dig my thumbs Squeeze and fingers right into its body. Yeah. So this guy is, he's total alpha. Like he just went up and had to win a choking match with a worm for no reason. And so when he's, he's got the upper hand right here, he's got the three hostages. I know he means business, whatever he says. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Great, great points. Uh, with the thing with that worm. Like that was one of those little bugs, like wormy things that were crawling around the photon tube. And they had said that those were just parasites on the photon tube, but the Genesis planet is doing its thing. Right. And when when, when they first get there, they're like maybe the size of your hand, those things. Yeah. And then that's, that's what one of those things is that Krug is like choking, but it's huge. It's like, like the, it's, it's like really fat i don't know it's like maybe six inches wide like you know like this giant worm but that's one thing i didn't understand like i never understood what that thing was or where it came from i i like that they're trying to build up 
using that creature how fast the planet is progressing like we've got the planet progressing fast we've got spock progressing fast we've got these this weird like it didn't look like a worm at the beginning when it was small but it suddenly turned into a worm i like that they're trying to also use that to help us understand but i didn't that did not come across at all i did not get that that creature was now this worm creature I didn't yeah. like pick up on the fact that that was actually happening. So maybe if they okay, could have done yeah. that a, a little bit better, uh, it might have helped a bit. It's not a big detail, but yeah, something I noticed. So Krug is going to kill one of the three, and he's about to kill Savick, but David jumps in to stop it, and he in turn is killed. And this is what I'm talking about with Kirk, with Kirk's acting. Yeah. Where okay. he's just like, as dry as could be, he's just like, Klingon bastard, you killed my son. It's like, dude, your son. I get that you didn't really know your son his whole life, yeah. but your son was just killed. And his line was so pathetic. There was no Tim. there was no heart in that line no. at all. And you know what? He says it four times in a row. I feel like he's just trying to get it right. I think he's just trying to take multiple takes of it, and they're like, they just kept them all in. Yeah, they're like, we don't, we don't know which one is the best, so put them all in. Klingon bastard, you killed my son. He, he says it four times in a row. You know what he needed to do? He needs to yell out Krug. Yeah. Oh, that would have been the Where best. Where was that? That's it. Yeah. Scream Krug. Just do it, man. Dude, you nailed it. Yeah, you nailed it. I needed that? that to happen. Where's that? Where's that? How do you not I do know. that? No, we get the we get this dumb line four times because there's no emotion in it. <laughs> Klingon bastard. Klingon bastard, you killed my son. Wait, what's his name? What's my son's Kling- name? McCoy, what's my son's name? <laughs> da- David. You killed my son, it's David. Jared, right? It was Jared? Oh, David, okay. You killed my son, Dennis. That was that was my son, right? <laughs> was that my son? His hair looked different. He got was, a haircut. He has blonde hair. It can't be my son. He did, his curls weren't as glorious in this movie. Did you notice? It's true. It's true, yeah, yeah. Well, he can't win them all. And like him... And Savick, played by a different actress than the first movie on the planet, this stuff just kind of fell flat for me. Like, yeah, I feel like if they had better two characters down the planet, I'd really care more about what was happening. Yeah, I liked her. I liked her. Uh, like, She's fine. How she did. Yeah. But yeah, I want Kirstie Alley there for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just want that character I know I have a movie experience with already. And then that's the because ca- she's supposed to be like carrying that all those scenes, basically, because I mean, David's not great. He's no. He's just there to make bad calls. Like he's not. Yeah. He's not too great. Yeah. Um. So I, I I wanted the familiar face down there. I want Kirstie Alley down there, and I want to see a little bit more of the Ponfar. A little bit, just a little bit more. If she's if she's down there, I want to see a little bit more. What's this thing rated? PG. Let's bump this PG. up to a fourteen. Yeah, but let's bump this up to a an R. Well, let's okay. make it R. Let's I mean, make this one R. Actually, sure. that'd be fun. Yeah. I feel like we need to age up Spock a little bit then. He needs to be in his second Pong Far or whatever. <laughs> it's Pong Far. It's Pon. Pon Far. Pon Far. He needs to be in the sure, second stage. He, that's fine. He can be in his second stage. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what stage he's in. I want to see Kirstie Alley. It's not him. It's not the Spock character I'm, I'm interested yeah. in here. It's interesting. It's it was some interesting hand play there that I didn't pick up on. Now I just uh, <laughs> it's very interesting now because uh, yeah, I thought it was weird. I was like, why are they just so sensually touching their fingers to each other? I guess that was foreplay. Like, I will help you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was foreplay for sure. Yeah, it was intense, man. It was if you haven't seen the movie, 
it's it, it's more than you can imagine of how much they are just stroking each other's hands and they're just focusing on With that. Two it's, fingers, yeah. It's two fingers. It's, it's long. <laughs> they're doing it for a long time. It's very uncomfortable. Yeah. So if you are me and didn't know what it was, you're like, what the hell is going on? And maybe it should have been 14 just for the way they were rubbing those fingers around. Kind of. It was very sensual. So Krug wants to beam over to Enterprise and take over the ship. And Kirk agrees, but he set the ship to self-destruct. And they all beam off the Enterprise as the Klingons beam aboard. Well, that's sneaky. Yeah, he's always sneaky. It's a sneaky play. I like it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great. And guess what happens? The Enterprise explodes with all the Klingons on board except Krug. Now, I really enjoyed this scene with the ship blowing up and Mm -hmm. Kirk and the crew are on the planet watching it burn up as it like falls through the atmosphere of the Genesis planet. This, This was definitely the most surprising thing in the movie for me that they actually destroyed the enterprise um Mm. that's a big deal like they don't destroy these ships very often like in star trek movies the enterprise it's like basically a personification of a crew member like it's it's one of right right so yeah i i like for that reason that they overly you know they made this scene overly dramatic and beautiful um, as they're kind of sending this shop, this ship off, you know, to to death essentially. So, yeah, that's really cool. And that you mentioned that it's like a character. Now I go back to that setup where they're like, "Nah, Enterprise is old. Like we're not putting any new parts on that thing." That's such a setup for a character in a movie to die later on, right? right. Like, oh, that person's washed up, but they're gonna come back and do one more thing and then die. That's uh, I love it. I love this setting up the ship as a character. Yep, it helps them out one last time. And yeah. they need it. They need it in that yeah. moment. It does its job. Awesome. And then it dies in a fiery, fiery blaze. So Good like moment. It. Yeah. Now the Genesis planet is on its way to exploding. And young Spock is continuing to rapidly age. He's probably 25 or 30 now. And he more of this like serious pain. I think I think what's happening now, now yeah. that the pond far is over, now I think his body yeah. is just in severe pain from these quick like now you're like mm. now you're 17 now you're 25 and like 10 right. minutes has changed right so that's i definitely see you the can pain, see like pain his face that. growing like you can see it like actually it was pr- pretty good effect actually i think um of his face just kind of moving and morphing as he gets older so you can just imagine what the rest of his body's doing it's so quick it's so fast bodies aren't like made for that type of uh quick growth mm-hmm. so kirk and the crew arrive on the planet they find young Spock. Well, he's not so young anymore. They find Savick and dead David. And they need Oof. to get off the planet. And Kirk uses a Klingon communicator to reach Krug. He tells Krug he has the Genesis machine. I think I may have said before that Krug is on the planet by accident, but he's on his he's on his bird of prey. Well, he was he was on the planet, but then he then he, beamed he back zoomed ship. back up to the bird, bird of prey. Yeah, that's where he was doing the negotiations with Kirk. He went he went down to choke out a worm, and then he beamed himself back up. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta you gotta let the other like officers know that yeah. you're still the one in charge. Sometimes you just gotta choke a worm to death. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was afraid of those worms, and he's like, "I'll choke one out, and then I'm I'm good. I can get out of here." So Krug beams back down to the planet and beams the Enterprise crew to his ship, except for Kirk Mm, and Spock. 
and we get a classic Captain Kirk fight scene. Um, him and Krug just go at it in mm-hmm. uh, in a, a scene that I actually really enjoyed because of the practical effects that they're doing in this in yep. this scene. Same. It's really well done. Like this planet yeah. is at the point where it's just breaking apart and there's pools of lava around and yeah. like cliffs, large cliffs falling and rising. And it's not it's not special effects. It's all just sets that they used. So pretty good. Pretty good, man. Um, it's a very exciting uh, sort of climactic scene um, with, you know, your, your Kirk and then your big bad guy. Like you want this to be sort of a throwdown, which we haven't really got in one of these movies yet. We haven't got a hand to hand combat yet because like Khan was never even in the same room as Kirk in that entire movie. So we haven't got this sort of actual face to face. So, yeah, it was it was everything I was looking forward to. It was it was good. It was a good fight. Like maybe it wasn't like super well choreographed, um, you know, oh, it's, action. It's ter- terribly, but, terribly choreographed. But that that's yeah, normal. Like, that's normal for Star Trek. Yeah. But the atmosphere was cool. And the yeah, fight cool. seemed like two dudes fighting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Krug uh, falls to a fiery death in a pool of lava. Yeah. It's because uh, uh, Kirk got the high ground. Exactly. Yeah. Just like uh, just like uh, Obi-Wan on Mustafar. I know. I think as soon as you say he got the high ground, I think everybody just knows what you're talking about. I don't okay. think you have to follow it up did. with Obi Wan on Mustafar. I think like the high ground. But I think people did. know what that I was is. Expect- I was expecting him to say it. He was in trouble, and then as soon as they switched positions, and he was like sort of the higher up, it yeah. was over. Krug just fell, and it was done. Yeah. Now the planet is about to destroy itself when Kirk and Spock are able to get beamed up to the Klingon ship. And I like how they did it. Uh, Kirk actually impersonates Krug by speaking Klingon and they get beamed up, which was pretty cool. I liked that a cool. lot. Yeah. yeah. And now this is even better. Kirk is in control of a, a bird of prey. Sick. How awesome is that? This is, a, this is another idea I absolutely love. Same. You got this Enterprise crew on a Klingon, a Klingon ship. Really neat. Yeah. Oh, this is so, so lucky here. So lucky, Dean. Spock has been lucky enough to mature to the correct age he was when his body died. Oh, that's so That good. is so, so lucky. I mean. It's so crucial, too. Yeah, oh. that's so lucky. He can fit right in with his friends now. What are the chances of that, hey? He, he looks yeah. exactly the same as before. I did not expect it. That's did pretty not good. expect it, Tim. <laughs> pretty good, like, timing to get him pretty just good timing. perfectly yeah, that for... age. For rapid aging that they can't really uh, predict at all. Yeah, really they did time. a great job yeah. of getting him out right at the right time. So good good, yeah. good on them. So uh, Kirk and crew in the Bird of Prey arrive at Vulcan and climb Mount Soleil. And for some reason, there's a ton of drama around like putting the Katra back in Spock's body for some reason. I don't know. This? They're telling, they told him from the beginning, just take his body and McCoy to Mount Soleil. And everything will be okay. Now there's a bunch of drama for some reason. People are just like, there's are you sure this is so... what you want to do? Whispers are happening. People are talking. And what? I don't, what's going on? There's so much drama. And there's like 10 to 15 minutes left of just this. Of just like, will we be able to do it or won't we? It's like, what do you mean? Will you be able to do it or won't you? You sent me over to Genesis to do this because you said it was yeah. going to work. I don't know what this drama is. I think this is sort of a misstep in the movie. I think this last 10 to 15 minutes is so boring. I, I challenge anyone to try to stay awake in it. Like, it is it is so slow and boring. 
Yeah, it's just like just do it. Just why do did the you thing tell you them, said you were going to do? Why did you tell them to go here then? Like exactly. Bring McCoy and Spock to Mount Soleil so that we can just have a dramatic conversation about what to do. <laughs> yeah, it's just like Spock lying down and a somebody some lady talking for so long and and saying like, okay. So we're going to do this thing that we told you. We told you to bring the two here so that we can get this done. Um, just a little note. They both might die. Yeah. There's like not a good success rate with this. They could both die. Um, McCoy, are you still okay with that? Are you okay if you will probably die? He's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Well, everything seems to work out. And McCoy is okay. And Sarek says, only time will tell if Spock is okay. Apparently that length of time was like five seconds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Because before Spock walks off, he turns around and he comes back to Kirk and asks why he would do this. Uh, why he'd save Spock. And Kirk responds with, because the needs of the one outweigh the needs of the many. Referring to Kirk's, uh, what I assumed was Kirk's soul needing to save Spock or he damns himself. It was which, the kind mm. of like the theme yeah. that I was picking up on through the movie of why Kirk was doing this. Yeah. I don't really like it. Like, it seems crazy to me. It's actually the opposite of what happened in the the Wrath of Khan. Then the reason that it worked so well in the Wrath of Khan is because it's true that the needs of the one doesn't outweigh the needs of the many. So they come back, they reverse it, and Kirk puts hundreds of lives in danger just to save Spock. So it's like it, it almost negates everything that was so cool about the last one. So I didn't, I didn't need this at all. I didn't, you can just get get this line out of here for sure. Yeah. This is exactly what I was thinking. I was like, you tell this thing to Spock and he's going to be like, you're an idiot. Why did you do that? That's so dumb. We're not friends. I'm out of (laughs) here. Like it did. It just, this did not hit at all. When we're talking about Wrath of Khan and we're talking about that line, it hits so hard. And he tells Kirk that like, I always, I always have and always will be your friend. Like hits so hard. When they try to do it again here, because the movie, like you said, is completely opposite of Khan. It's, it's so selfish what they're doing to try to get back one person. It doesn't hit at all. And it just, I felt like I thought Spock would just be like, you're an idiot. (laughs) That doesn't make logical sense. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying no, it. No, it, I don't buy it. And they have a good moment after it. It's like, it's not like he says that's illogical. Even if they make it a joke and he's just like, that's illogical. And then they yeah. laugh it off. They didn't. They're just like, yep, this no. is this is it. We did it. <laughs> Congratulations us. Like, I get that they're trying to build up Spock and Kirk's relationship, but you don't, yeah. you don't need to. Like, we get how strong no. their relationship is from two. We already understand, yeah. like, how tight of a bond that is. We don't need this. No, I love I love the movie, the idea of the movie of Kirk feeling so bad that Spock took it for the team that he wants to stop at nothing to go back and bring Spock back. Love it. But not the line. That Mm. line's not going to convince Spock to come back. Don't say that, like, because he's so important that they had to bring him back. It's not going to make sense to him. Right. But it also does bring to the forefront that, like, all the things he did, you know, to endanger people along the way to just save one person, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes us all think because exact. I wasn't thinking during that time, like, oh, maybe this was maybe this was not a good idea. Right. It's fun up until this point, and then you're just like, wait yeah. a second, Kirk's an Kirk's an asshole. He <laughs> yeah, he put a lot of people's lives so in much. danger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This this last ten to fifteen minutes is not good. This the one yeah. line. If you don't have it, it's just everything works so much better. Just leave that yeah. line out. My yeah. goodness. Anyways, Spock is able to recall saving the Enterprise. He remembers Kirk is Jim. 
everyone is happy and the end best friends everyone's best friends everyone's best friends everyone's best friends it's my kind of movie tim i enjoy, yeah. I enjoy this one i like i, I, like I enjoyed it I like too i enjoyed it. i i you know said a few things that i thought were not great about it i will yeah. end everything with just it's fun it's a fun movie i enjoyed my time with it i'll watch it again yeah. it's an easy watch is what it is it's easy so easy you don't have to use your brain at all in this one. It's actually better if you no. t- decide not to use your brain. Just turn your brain yeah. off. But it's a fun one. It's a fun one. It's so easy. It's so fun. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is is great um, as Krug. And honestly, the second time around that I watched it um, for this for the podcast, I just turned it off. Like when it hit that last when I got to Vulcan, I was like, I don't need the rest of this. That's it's fine. a little bit slow. Um, and and that's fine. It's 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 about ten minutes in there. But the rest of the movie clicks it's good i like it i i will revisit this one and be happy about it like i'm gonna it's not just gonna be one that i only watch because i'm doing a marathon watching through them all like i will watch this one by itself because i enjoyed it it's good acting except in emotional moments those all fall, fall flat yeah all right let's get to what if So, Dean, I do like this whole Katra idea, but what if you forget about that Katra idea and have Spock purely brought back to life by the Genesis planet? Yeah, I, I, Tim, I thought that that's what was going to happen. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that myself. That's it. Just, yeah, you're good with it. Oh, I didn't know if you had more. That's it? No, well, that's it. I want to know what you think about, like, what that might do to his character in the movie yeah so well okay so he directs the movie right so i understand that he's like how can i direct this movie but also not be in it right and so this idea really makes sense but people direct movies that they star in well i think yeah i think he directed this movie because he wasn't in it that's the thing it's like they gave him the script they're like he's not in it he's like i'll direct it then great yeah yeah uh, I mean, so it makes sense. That makes sense to me when I when uh, as soon as we see the kid Spock, who's like 10 years old or whatever, then I'm like, oh, OK, I get it because he's, you know, because he's directing, he's not going to be in it. But I thought we were just going to go to the Genesis like we were going to have to try to find him. We we're going to have to go to the Genesis planet, find him. And he's still going to be Spock like he's still going to be that guy. And we're just going to have to figure out how to get to him on this planet that maybe was creating, you know, all these different why like all these different aliens because we saw the worm i was thinking there's gonna be more of that stuff there's gonna be all it's gonna be a dangerous planet that he's on and they have to kind of go rescue him from the planet and maybe krug you know is at the same time trying to get his hands on something same thing genesis like it, it can all play into the into that and that's what i was expecting for me that i would like it a lot more just because that's what i thought was going to happen i i started to really like spock like uh con I, I loved spock in that movie so i was like okay yeah give me more spock I, w- I want to see him and he's not in it at all he's in it like he's actually in just that last scene the one that i skip now <laughs> isn't the one that leonard nimoy is in so i want that that's i i think it is way better i still have a lot of fun with this movie but that's the movie i want that's the search for spock i want me too and i think with the whole inclusion of the proto matter i think it would have been really cool to yeah. play around with what that might do to his personality. Cause he, he doesn't have to come back as the same Spock, right? If this, yeah. like, if this 
Genesis machine that was used with this um, material to power it that's unstable and not not something you should use. They could have had a lot of fun with his personality based on that. He could still learn his memories as they go, right? Like you don't have to throw his yeah. character away. He, they could slowly come back to him. But I think they really missed an opportunity to have some fun with this movie. And I unfortunately think I'll go back to saying how the fans, I think, drove the narrative of this movie. I think if that wasn't happening, this this whole movie might be different and maybe ha- would have like better better uh, potential. I actually might like to see this movie remade, like a modern mm. day remake and have them change the story up a little bit. I think it, I actually, I never thought I would hear myself saying that about wanting to see an old movie remade. But in this case, if they change that whole idea about it, I think it could be pretty interesting. All right, dude, let's get to movie trivia. Sweet. Now this is where we are going to ask each other a movie trivia question about this movie, something we picked up on, on this viewing and it's just something that we noticed and we think the other person might not have noticed. And I do believe it's my turn to go first. Sure, sounds good. Before I ask the trivia question, I have to ask you a question, Dean. Do you know what a tribble is? Uh, ye- Kind of, yeah. Kind of? Is it a little creature? Yeah, okay, I'm not going to ask you this one then. You kind of, you <laughs> have to know, you have to know what a tribble is like for this question to be asked. So I brought a backup just in case you didn't know what a triple was. So I'll move to my backup question. Okay. Okay. Um, if you're curious, the answer was four. <laughs> there was four triples. <laughs> yeah. There are four triples. <laughs> a scene, there's a scene in the bar when they're kind of panning oh, in. There's I would a, have no a, idea. a no. couple sitting at a table and they have some triples. I noticed because I know what a triple is. Okay. Um, I was yeah, just going to yeah. ask you how many were on the table, but. We're going to move on to a different one. And it's it seems very fitting, Dean, that you have outed yourself as a Trekkie. Okay? Yes. Now, I want to know, what is the alphanumeric name of the Enterprise? You see it many times in this movie. You see it many times in every movie. And this is standard Star Trek trivia that if you are now a Trekkie, you need to know. Oh, man. I'm feeling the big time pressure here. <laughs> now, this is also an opportunity for learning. So even if you don't get it's, it right, it, it is, yeah. it's a learning moment for you. And you can take this with you into your new Star Trek nerddom. I feel like, Tim, this is something I can get. Okay. <laughs> I think I can get it. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so I'm just, I'm writing down because I get I visualize it a little bit better. Sure. Um. I think I'm going to get it a little bit wrong because the second part of it is not quite coming to me. Um, shit. Okay, this is not right. Okay, I think I just got to throw it out there. I'm going to be close, but I'm going to be wrong. And then you're going to say it and I'm going to feel like an idiot. Okay, <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it? Is the Enterprise... No, this is ugh, fuck. Tim, I want to get this. I can I can get this. I can get this. It's NC. It's NC to start. Correct? Okay, I'll give it to you. Yes, it is. It starts with NC. Yeah. That's the part I'm sure on. It's okay. the number. It's the number that I'm not 100% sure on. So I'm going to go with the number is NC1997. 
Kind of close, but not not quite. Uh, what is it? It is NCC-1701. Ah, oh, 17-0. I knew there was a 7 in there. Yeah, yeah you got I'm the 7, you got the NC. You're pretty I'm close. I'm not you, even close. You got half of them right. You got half of them right. Yeah. Yeah. NCC-170. I, I don't think I would have got it. Yeah, 1701. Okay. NCC-1701. No. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now I know. It's learning. Now you know. It's uh, There you go. Yeah. Yep. It's all good. I have for you, Tim, a two-tiered question. Oh, no. Is that allowed? If you get... It's allowed because if you get tier one right, you have an opportunity for bonus points. Oh, I don't think I'm going to get tier one. I, I don't know how much stuff I picked up out of this movie. I feel like you might be able to get tier one right, so that's why I put in tier two. Okay. Tier two is okay. like... It, it, yeah, tier one is a tough question. Tier two is pretty tough, like pretty hard. So I want—I just want to test your knowledge. Let's have because it. it's the scene where the Enterprise blows up, and because you've mentioned Ooh. that you liked it so much that the Enterpri- Enterprise actually blows up. Yeah, I wanted to have two tiers on this one. So they set a self-destruct on the Enterprise. Yes, before they beam themselves uh to to the genesis planet how many minutes did they set on that self-destruct Ooh, that is a good question i don't immediately know i'm i have two guesses i feel i just feel like it's either one minute or two minutes um my brain's telling me one and my heart's telling me two. I'm going to go. Is one of those correct? <laughs> Before I waste everyone's time. One of those is correct. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, I'm going to go with one minute. Just one minute. You got one minute. Self-destruct. One minute is correct. Tim. Yes. You yes. got it. Do you want tier two? I do. Or yeah, because you sure. Struggle? Okay. Tier two is what was Kirk's code? What did he have to input into the computer to get that self-destruct to start? This is why I wanted tier two because I knew tier two. <laughs> you is knew it, this one. Is it zero, zero, zero? No. So you are correct. That is the final code is 000. Kirk's specific code. Oh, hold on. He, yeah, he, he inputs first. Oh. So I will give you another okay. shot because the no, 000, I'm not 000 get is it. the last thing they have to put in. But that was a code that he input. He input the final code of 000. So it is one of the codes he put in. Yes. The final code before it self-destructs is 000. So technically that is right with what I asked. Well, that's what I picked up what on, I w- but that's okay. You're asking what yes. the first code was. What what his first code is that he input it, it code number one. Okay, that one I'm not gonna get. I feel like I can hear him saying it. I feel like it's probably like four alphanumeric digits long or something like that. But I'm not gonna pull that out. I I think I'm just gonna give you the zero zero zero. Just give me half. Give me is, halfers. Give me half points. That is no. That is right. The way I asked it, basically, that is correct. Well, what's the, what's the his what was the first part? Kirk's first thing that he puts in is one one a oh okay okay sure so i picked up on the the second part the zero 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 yeah yeah 
I just about asked you, did you know the zero, zero, zero? Because I just about asked you that as a trivia. I would have known that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was one of the ones I was considering. So nice. Awesome. Wow. Dude, that was a lot of fun. I like these Star Trek movies. And the the good thing is there's a whole lot more to go. (laughs) This is like an unofficial franchise walkthrough because it's not like we're not actually committing to walking through it, but we are just going through it and enjoying it. So fun tim sometimes it hits us sometimes we're like let's let's trek out exactly this week. that's what happened it hit us i felt was feeling the star trek uh knew you had already watched it you watched it ahead of time because you're just like mm-hmm. i'm gonna continue on with the movies because i'm enjoying them and so i, I couldn't wait yeah you couldn't wait so cool man all right dean thanks for joining yeah man and thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done.